This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, August 14th, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. With India's economy growing rapidly, what's the best way to help the poor take part in that prosperity? Parth Shaw is the director of the Center for Civil Society in India. He says the key is education for poor children. And education vouchers are a key component of allowing children out of the public school system. His school choice campaign aims to bring school choice ideas to a minimum 50% of parents of public school children. Dr. Shaw visited the Cato Institute last week. I was reading an analysis that uh, your group had done on a piece of legislation from just a couple of years ago, and it seems like a lot of the problems in legislation in India sort of mirror problems in the United States in terms of education funding, in the sense that there is this incredible focus on the inputs associated with education, that is the dollars that go to the public schools, and not so much on the outputs, that is the quality of the education, the bang for the buck, if you will. Can you talk about the similarities between the the problems faced in trying to achieve school choice for the U.S. and India? Um, Actually, you identified uh, one of the most important problems uh, in the Indian education system. Uh, most people, if you talk to uh, either in the U.S. Uh, or in India, think that the lack of spending is the biggest problem uh, in the system. Uh, what we found out through our research is that in cities like Delhi and Bangalore and Mumbai, the government spends about 800 to 1,200 rupees a month per child in government schools. When I say this number to most people who know about Indian education system, they are extremely surprised. Because when I, if I had to, if I were to ask them, what do what do you think? How much government spends per child uh, per month in government school? Most people would answer twenty rupees, while the actual number is about one thousand rupees. Right? And so that tells you that there's enough money being spent. It's just the matter of how it is being spent uh, that really creates the problem. How are private schools regulated compared to public schools in India? Uh, the private schools have to go through a very rigorous process of uh, uh, recognition and approval by the government. The government actually has very minute laws uh, which specify, for example, the size of a classroom uh, that must be there in the school uh, for it to be recognized. It's not only size of a classroom, it specifies the size of a window in a classroom. Not only that, the size of a window in a toilet is also specified in the law. So you have to meet all of those requirements in order to uh, get recognition uh, to operate as a private school. Now, if you look at the government schools, none of these hardly are ever being met uh, by government schools. Many schools, even in the capital city of Delhi, operate from tent. We do not even have a building, a school building, but they are allowed to operate, while a private school which does not have a right-sized window in the toilet room would be closed down. It is understandable to me from sort of a rent-seeking perspective, the fact that a school would not want to allow students to transfer out to go to a different school, but there was even a proposal in India to make sure that teachers would be bound to the school at which they taught. What's the explanation for that? Yeah, it's a quite a bizarre <laughs> bizarre situation where you have to sort of treat, uh, treat teachers as slaves and tie them to a particular school. The I think what has happened uh, is that most teachers want to be close to their homes, to work in schools which are close to their homes. That means many of them come from urban areas. If government allows that to happen, then there are hardly any teachers in the rural areas. 
So currently what happens is the teachers who are uh, appointed in rural schools, they want to get transferred back to the urban schools close to their homes. And because of this system, there's a huge churning uh, of teachers and the teachers keep moving back and forth. Uh, and to prevent that, the government thought the only way to sort of uh, solve this problem uh, is to tie the teacher to the school. So once you're appointed to the school, you must permanently work in that school, hoping that the teachers would move their homes uh, to closer to the school that they're appointed to, as opposed to asking to move into a school which is closer to their existing homes. Can you describe some of the prospects for future liberalization sort of of the young person's education market? They are very good. Actually, what is happening in India today uh, because of economic growth and even the poor parents realize that the ticket to the future is good education for their children. So this is the fastest growing sector in Indian school education is the private schools for the poor where the schools charge about uh, 200 to 250 rupees a month and provide a much better quality education than the free government school. And so I see the growth in the budget private schools as a sign of the uh, what's going to come. And as uh, the poor begin to realize uh, how much of a bad deal they have gotten uh, by in a, under free education in the government school, that the system uh, would have to be changed in a very radical manner. And the school choice campaign that we currently have uh, in India, which is working across several states in India, uh, builds on this foundation to the expansion of private schools for the poor and the capacity of the poor to pay some amount uh, to get good education for the children. And so what we are asking governments to do now, that instead of pumping money into the failing government schools, they should, be give, they should give voucher to the poor parents and let them use that voucher to go to a school of their choice. So our slogan uh, in India for the campaign is fund students, not schools. Uh, and in a way, we are asking government to convert the right to education, which is granted in, under the Indian constitution, uh, into a right to education of choice. So it's not enough to simply have right to education of the kind the government decides, I should have right to education of the kind that I decide. And I think that uh, uh, campaign, hopefully, along with what's going on in India, would be able to bring about radical reforms in the education system. Parth Shah is the director of the Center for Civil Society in India. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. Please consider making a donation at our website, cato.org.